Hi, this is Jan Miyazaki, the host of the Wednesday 8 o'clock buzz. Thank you for tuning into WORT. If you like what you're hearing, please consider making a donation at wortfm.org slash donate. We've got Tina. Um, Tina Cordova is um, the co-founder of the Tula Rosa Basin Downwinders Consortium. Its mission um, to bring attention to the negative health effects suffered by the unknowing, unwilling, uncompensated victims of the first nuclear blast that took place at the Trinity site in New Mexico. Um, the goal um, recently being the passage of the Radiation Exposure Compensation Act amendments that would bring needed health care coverage and compensation to people in New Mexico. And then back earlier in July of this year, um, a uh, amendment um, was passed, and um, but the RICA amendments were ultimately removed from the National Defense Authorization Act that was um, signed a couple of weeks ago. So I'm I, um, am welcoming Tina Cordova for join, uh, this morning. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Jan. Thank you so much for having me again. I appreciate this opportunity. Hey, hey, Tina, it had to have been so um, disappointing. So, you know, we can, you know, we can maybe just start there about what happened. But then let's go back because it's, you know, many people might not know that people, you know, who were within miles of the first blast aren't even covered by RICA. Um, But it was set to pass, right? And then it just got pulled out. Yeah, I will tell you, Jan, it was maybe... Well, it was such a disappointing day for thousands of people. I mean, there were people all over the United States watching this and working on this, you know, because we have downwinders and uranium workers all across the American West and Guam, the the Marshall Islands. And it was just a, a terribly disappointing day for us because we had come so close and we felt so much optimism. You know, I had been saying that I was cautiously optimistic, but we had such an overwhelming supportive vote in the Senate. The vote was 61 to 37 to keep the RICA amendments in the NDAA when it passed in the Senate in July. Um, That effort led by, obviously, Senator Lujan from New Mexico, Senator Hawley from Missouri, you know, they, they became really amazing partners to get this done. And it it was it was just a, a ray of hope for so many people, and this at a time when people are dying around us. I mean, I know when I had to deliver the news to a, a woman from the Navajo Nation who is an advocate like me, working on this issue out there um, on the reservation. She she was weeping on the phone with me, and she said, "You know, what am I going to tell all these people who are sick and dying?" who I gave hope to. And it's um, it's shockingly immoral what they have done, actually. And, and I say that because we live in a democracy based on law and order. And you and I, Jan, could not go around recklessly harming people, uh, killing people, and then just simply say, I don't want to put any of my resources to taking care of the mess I've made. And that's essentially what the government has done. They have not said that they don't believe they've harmed us. What they're saying is it's simply going to cost too much. And that's not how our country works. You know, you can't get away from 
um, your responsibility when you harm people. So it has been very disappointing, but I will tell you that we remain dedicated. We remain um, hopeful that we now start out at a different point than we started out, you know, 13 years ago when they first started introducing bills to take care of us. Everybody in Congress now knows about the Radiation Exposure Compensation Act. This has been on the forefront for uh, many weeks since, you know, Thanksgiving. And we're not going to give up. We're not going to go away. They are going to have to someday, you know, atone for all the damage that they did to us and and to future generations because what we're finding now is that younger people are dying, younger people are, are, are becoming sick, and that's exactly how radiation exposure works. And so we we will continue our fight. So the RECA, the Radiation Exposure Compensation Act, is set to expire as well. Anyway, so this was important. Was it was it reenacted as was, or was it just the amendments that weren't passed? They did not give us an extension, which means uh, our senators who are supporting this are are going to have to go back, and our and our members of the House are going to have to go back after the new year, and they're going to have to find a place to at least insert an extension. And um, we think that that will happen. We don't think that they will let the program expire because certainly there's still people applying to the program. And um, and if they say it's going to cost too much uh, to pass the RECA amendments, then they certainly must realize that there's still people applying to the program. People are still, you know, sick and dying. And so that qualify those people who live in those few counties of Utah, Nevada, and Arizona. And so, and and the, the uranium workers who worked mining uranium before 1971, those people are still applying to the program. So we certainly believe that they will uh, extend the program and give us an opportunity to continue to lobby and work in Congress to get the amendments passed that would expand the program to include New Mexico and other places that have not been included in the past. So people who are included in the very narrow RECA are still applying uh, for restitution and, and health care needs. And the amendments would be to include more people who are downwind. Can you talk about... You know, they? The folks that you are talking about are not that far from where the test occurred, right? Yeah, and let me tell you, a lot of people have some context about this now because they saw the Oppenheimer movie. Um, So when they detonated the bomb at Trinity, people lived as close as 12 miles to the test site. We had villages that were 30 miles away, 40 miles away, 50 miles away, and actually... Within a a 50-mile radius, there were 13,000 children, women, and men living adjacent to Trinity. That's far too many people living far too close to a a nuclear bomb site. If you extend that radius to 150 miles, you're talking about half a million people because it encompassed Albuquerque and Santa Fe to the north, El Paso and Ciudad Juarez in Mexico to the south. Uh, far too many people, almost the entire state of New Mexico is encompassed within that 150-mile radius. 
They didn't warn anybody before or afterwards. They didn't give us any kind of warning about, you know, taking cover, taking any kind of precautions afterwards. And we lived very simple and organic lives back then. We didn't have running water as that radioactive ash fell from the sky. It got on everything, including our entire water source, which was was at the time mostly the collection of water in the form of rain that fell from the sky. We didn't have electricity, so we had no grocery stores. All the food we ate, we produced ourselves by our own means. Again, everything is now contaminated. And they, they left. They literally left. No one stuck around for even 24 hours afterwards. And we became the victims of the first atomic bomb. We had a spike in infant mortality in the months afterwards. It's, it's no, you know, it's, it's absolutely plausible when you think about the level of radiation. These babies were dying because their little bodies couldn't overcome the radiation load. And, and so we went from losing something like 30 babies per thousand to losing well over 100 babies per thousand in those months directly after Trinity. And the government's never come back to assess that or to make any part of that right, much less the fact that all those people who were children at the time and who were exposed, they're gone. My father was one of those. You know, he was a four-year-old child living in a downwind community 45 miles from the Trinity site, drinking mass quantities of fresh cow's milk and water from the cistern. And my dad later developed two primary oral cancers, didn't drink, didn't smoke, didn't use chewing tobacco, had no viruses, and the oncologist couldn't describe how this could happen to him, except that he had one major risk factor, being a child living in a downwind community. And the real tragedy is, we carry the genetics for this now. I'm a cancer survivor. I had thyroid cancer. I have a 23-year-old niece now that is struggling through thyroid cancer with complications. And it's heartbreaking to see her go through this. She's had her life upended. She was in college studying art, wanted to work at Pixar, had her whole life ahead of her. Everything has changed now. She just recently had to have surgery on her salivary glands because they no longer function correctly. And I know of two families from my little village of 3,000 people that have babies, an 11-month-old little baby on, on chemo since he was two months old, a two-year-old little granddaughter who had to have one of her eyes removed because of eye cancer. This is the legacy of Trinity, and this is the legacy that Chris Nolan didn't have um, didn't have the guts to tell. And we, we've we been living with this for 78 years with no assistance from our government, no acknowledgement, you know, and it's, it's a huge tragedy for us that goes on and on. You know, and, and yet you're getting better and better scientific research about this. Even recently, um, uh, major studies, right? on the impact that so there's a there's a lot of documentation oh there's tremendous documentation now there's scientists who have come back recreated the blast using today's technology mapped the fallout for a 10-day period show that the entire state of new mexico is irradiated along with 45 other states canada and mexico 
uh, scientists that have come back and found plutonium in New Mexico, in the soil of New Mexico that dates to Trinity. Plutonium has a half-life of 24,000 years. There's more and more studies being done now on the effects of radiation on women and children that support the idea that babies did die and they, they died because of Trinity. They were the casualties and that women have had genetic effects. And so, you know, we know what we know. And that is why I believe our government doesn't challenge any longer that they harmed us. They simply don't want to take responsibility for the harm that was done. And that is, like I said, shockingly immoral. And so, you know, we will continue to do this work. We will continue to be supported by the science and the scientists. And, and more and more people in the, the, in the world of science are coming forward with the research, research that they're doing and with the knowledge that they have uh, to support these efforts. And it's, it's, you know, the uranium workers too. And I always tell everybody, we fail to realize that our government actually used people's poverty against them to send them into these mines without any kind of protective gear, you know, a dust mask and a hard hat, <laughs> a pair of gloves sent them into the uranium mines. They trudged around in these ponds of water that had uranium dust, brought all of that home with them. Their wives were told to let the clothes dry so that they could dust off the uranium and then just wash it with everyone else's clothes. Everybody's been affected by this. Our state has been so overly burdened by this. We just recently found out, Jan, that New Mexico is one of the states carrying the highest medical debt. We have around 2 million people living in New Mexico. We are carrying $881 million in medical debt, almost a billion dollars in medical debt. And that is the burden of this. And we know, because we've been collecting health surveys, that people go into horrendous financial hardship trying to take care of each other, trying to get people to... Uh, medical treatment, you know, it's not unusual for people to have to travel here because we're a rural state and almost everyone that gets sick has to travel someplace for care. And that does financially uh, strap people. After a period of time, people have spent everything they have and then, you know, they don't make it and we're left with all this medical debt. And our government, like I said, has looked away and has never taken responsibility for the harm that they did. And right now we're going into this season of awards for film and Oppenheimer's going to win all kinds of awards and they didn't tell the whole history. They didn't even touch upon the fact that without the people of New Mexico, there would have been no Manhattan Project or Trinity Test because we were the labor force. We were the ones that built the roads, the bridges, the facilities, and cleaned them. We were the women that cooked every meal, cleaned every house, fed every baby. They don't talk about any of that. And that also is is actually unconscionable, that they present this in a vacuum as though no one was harmed. It did no harm. They They barely touched upon the history of Japan. And so for me, it's just unconscionable that they'll be... Um, treated as though they produced some amazing historical, um, you know, production when they left out so much of the history. 
So between 1945 and 1962, 200 atmosphere tests were conducted by the U.S., you know, impacting thousands of uranium miners who, you know, got the, 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 um, to provide the necessary elements for the testing, but also affecting thousands of people living downwind. And yet, RECA isn't even passed until 1990, and if that's not bad enough, um, was very narrow. So what's the story? I, you know, why? I, I, you know, I mean, you know, it's... Uh, 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 um, and, and that maybe a, a re-up will be inserted. The amendments, who knows what's going to happen? It's expensive. You know, it's just a long time coming, right? It's a very long time coming. So in the, the origins are based in politics of RICA. Uh, you know, Orrin Hatch, the senator from Utah, wanted the people in that southwest corner of Utah taken care of around the St. George, Utah area, uh, close to the Nevada test site. It really, it was based on an assumption that if you lived in certain counties, you were overexposed to radiation and you got sick and there the government was going to take care of you. It was, you know, a, a level of restorative justice for those people but it didn't go far enough and they never they they were not thinking in terms of every community that was harmed we now know because of all the science that has shown that from those above ground tests in the american west nevada and new mexico and then in the marshall islands that very um you know that very radioactive fallout went to many places depending on the weather at the time and Honestly, during Nevada testing, the government would conduct those tests to coincide with wind that would blow all of the fallout east of there. And so we know, you know, where the fallout went now. We know the concentrations pretty closely and accurately. And not only that, but during the Nevada testing, there were monitoring stations all over the American West. They were here in New Mexico. We received fallout from the Nevada test site uh, regularly through 1963. And so, you know, we know these things, but at the time that they established RICA, it was just based on an assumption. It was political. They just wanted to get something passed, and they didn't go far enough. They obviously did not go far enough. When they didn't reflect on the people in the Marshall Islands, they didn't go far enough. Um, when they didn't reflect on the fact that people in New Mexico were so horribly harmed from the first atomic blast, it didn't go far enough. So we're trying to add the entire state of New Mexico, Colorado, Idaho, Montana, um, Guam for the first time, and then all of Arizona, Utah, and Nevada, because all of those states were the ones that were, were most affected by the fallout. Hey, thank you. I'm speaking with Tina Cordova, co-founder of the Tularosa Basin Downwinders Consortium. Um, Tina, we'll talk again in 2024 um, as as you know, the amendments are, are relaunched. So Yeah, absolutely. And people can go to our website, which is trinitydownwinders.com, if they want more information on how to become engaged with us. And thank you again, Jen. Thank you, Happy Tina. Happy New Year.